You want to pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you. Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. You guys are sick. I'll tell you what. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here and Dave Wanstead. There's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead. One of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. I tell you what, before I leave, I got to remind you. Uh, Tanny, remind me to fill out my application for a full-time job here. Uh, the last four weeks I've been here, uh, I haven't seen Spigs and I haven't <laughs> seen uh, Danny Boy. Dave Wanstead. I see light mango, 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 mango. With Parkins and Spiegel. We're Spigs. On 670 The Score. Pour me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock in Naples. Right, Coach Wanstead on the Circle Resort and Casino Hotline. Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We drinking something at 5 o'clock? Yes, I am. Uh, can you guys see me? Am I on this Twitch uh, apparatus or not? Yeah, we see you on Twitch. Absolutely. Okay, there. Cheers, okay? It's 5 o'clock here. Yeah, what do you got going? You got a Bradshaw bourbon? Absolutely. Good. Tanny, Tanny brought in IC light, so I got some IC light here for you. I don't know if you can see me, but I got the well, IC light. Well, you know what? If, if I'm going to be, I'm in Naples, just kind of getting things squared away with the house and seeing some friends, staying at my good friends uh, from Pittsburgh. No whitey though, but uh, there, there may be a whitey sighting in a few weeks. But if you guys, I'm coming back and I'll be there through the Super Bowl. So if you guys will have me. Uh, and if if Mitch will have me, I'm looking forward to some live shows right on through the Super Bowl, right there in the studio with you guys. Let's do it. Absolutely, anytime. You're you're welcome. And I don't know if you've got a, a gig lined up for the Super Bowl. We should we should do a little uh, little show Super Bowl party. Get together. Maybe we'll invite ourselves over to Dave's condo and watch the well, Super Bowl. Why don't, with Coach? You per- why don't you get me a gig that I can go and work mm. and uh, an appearance gig? You know, why don't you? Yeah, Dave, I know, but it's not all about money. Sometimes it's about friendship. What if we come over to your condo and Shane cooks us a meal and I bring the booze and we watch the Super Bowl with Dave Wanstead? Oh, boy, that would be tempting. Not the booze or anything, but just Shane's cooking now. I'm surprised that you guys, that you've been able to keep Shane employed there at the score. Truly. I mean, for the, the, uh, I'm surprised he's not working at the Capitol Grill or I don't know Gibson's. You know, it's he's he can do it. He you can do it, Shane. I, I appreciate mean, that, Coach. If I were to do that, I'd go do it at a good restaurant, though. <laughs> oh boy, okay. You just buzz killed that promo I was trying to give you. <laughs> well, 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 Shane. Hey, so man, are you kidding me? Uh, if, if Shane, I may be up the to... first guy that said something nice about your your cooking on the air, and you. <laughs> Dave, if, if Shane opened up his own restaurant and it was a steakhouse and you went in, would you order your steak well done? Uh, pretty, yeah. Pretty, I mean, yes, cooked. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't allow you in then. No, he wouldn't allow me in and you wouldn't be the first guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, I've had several chefs come out of the back of the kitchen. It, it happened and, when we were at Boulevard, when we were at my buddy Joe's did, Steakhouse. It did. 
because I like to have just a touch of ketchup on the side, just in case I need to give it a little Pittsburgh dip of the ketchup, <laughs> just in case, okay? Yeah, just in case. Uh, so I, I know you talked about it with, with Mully and Hall, but it is now official. Kevin Warren is, is going to be the president of the Bears. He's going to start in mid-April. They're going to introduce him to the media on Tuesday. Uh, I know you like the hire. What do you like about the hire? Well, you know, I think it was a layup, really, honestly, for for George McCaskey and and for Virginia and, and, and everybody uh, ownership-wise. You know, and I say that because uh, – there has to be, and, I, and I'm not even going to come close to trying to say, well, this is what needs to be done to build a stadium. But there have got to be, between the NFL rules, regulations, the club, uh, the community, you know, the, 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 the city, the township. I mean, there's got to be so many, uh, you know, T's to cross and dots to I and so many loopholes to go through to get this done if they could get a guy, if you can get somebody that actually has done it and done it in modern time, I think it's a home run. And and that's what Kevin Warren brings to the table. You know, he was at Minnesota for 15 years. We know that NFL experience for, what, 22 years, I believe. I think he was with the Rams and the Lions for a short spell. Uh, he's an athlete himself, you know, played basketball. I mean, so he's. He's just not a, a CEO type president at all. It's all of a numbers guy. Uh, so, so he's a sports minded guy, obviously coming from the big 10. And I think this is all positive. And, and he went through this at Minnesota. He's probably got files of everything to do to save time and money and things not to do to save time and money. So I don't know how they could truly go out and hire a better candidate. He, he obviously lives here in Chicago with his family. So, you know, whether he wanted to or not, he's been following the Bears. Uh, you know, so I, I just think it's a, a really good fit for all the business reasons and, uh, and the personal stuff. Do you think what, what type of role should he have in overseeing Ryan Poles in the football operations, if any? I don't think he should have any. I mean, now, you know, I, I was there the whole time Ted Phillips was there. And Ted, he will be a sounding board for George McCaskey, I'm sure. But as far as decision-making that I don't like the coaching or that was a bad draft and I think we should make a decision, I mean, I, I don't know. I have no idea what's in his contract. I mean, that's what you got to find out. What's written in his contract does he have the responsibility, you know, over Ryan Poles and over the head coach and the staff? I mean, I, who knows? That's what you need to find out. But I would honestly think that that he's the business side of it. He's going to oversee and and communicate, and he's got enough experience that he's been around coaching changes and, and general manager changes that he's going to have input, uh, and he'll be a sounding board, I think, for, for George McCaskey. But – Boy, I, I would be very disappointed if all of a sudden everybody's these guys are reporting to him because I, you know, I don't not not anything against them, but I, I just like football guys doing the football stuff. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I think so too. I think he is going to probably technically oversee it, but my guess is that Ryan Poles will get some autonomy and he'll answer that question come uh, come Tuesday. You know what I what I said earlier in the show, Davis, is that Kevin Warren's resume is impeccable. 
But the job at this point of like building a new stadium out in Arlington Heights, the NFL's kind of too big to fail. They there's an NFL fund that helps with funding stadiums. You've got a Jerry Jones had to go to the owners to get approval to add a couple hundred million in renovations to AT&T Stadium. Like the other owners had to vote to approve, you know, the new stadium that they want to build in Tennessee and Buffalo. Like when Indianapolis stadium is good. Minnesota stadium is good. Atlanta stadium is good. Dallas stadium is good. Atlanta, uh, uh, the Vegas stadium is good. The LA stadium is good. Like there's no new stadium in the NFL that isn't good anymore. I'm just not sure how tough of a job this is in 2023. I feel, I feel like uh, building a stadium on 300 acres of land in Arlington Heights is going to be a relatively easy operation to oversee. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, boy, I, I, Danny, I know how difficult it is trying to build a house, right? Think about it. I, mean, I know. And for, like, for guys that have done it, I mean, you know, it's the contractors and getting people to work, keeping people on schedule and, and city ordinances and state ordinances and, you know, on and on. And who's dealing with the NFL? You got to get, you know, I, I can't even imagine. I said that in the beginning, everything from a checklist standpoint that needs to be done to make this happen. And when you have somebody that's just done it recently, uh, it's it's a big advantage to, uh, you know, and get somebody out there in front that can do the talking, and George will be behind the scenes. But, you know, now he's got a front guy that, that can go in there and, and fight those battles for him uh, that that has done it before and, and will be saying the right things and, and knows what needs to be done. And, and, and Kevin Warren doesn't get this job. The one thing, you know, I, I know McCaskey's, they, were, they had a search for this so they have talked to a lot of different people and before kevin warren got this job i promise you they talked to the owners the vikings everywhere the guys worked and probably more so uh as far as the type of guy he is to work with and you know all the intangible things that go along with hiring somebody so you know i'm sure this guy's got some strong uh recommendations from within the national football league i would guess yeah, and uh, Texas says, wow, that was terrible, Parkins. Uh, spoken like someone who does not know construction. Hey, listen, there were a ton of delays and setbacks <laughs> in uh, building the uh, grocery store that they're still f- working on finishing over in Austin. I know about the – I'm not saying – I shouldn't have said it's going to be easy to build. What I am saying is the NFL will not let it fail. Like, the, the NFL at this point, they've got an approved list of contractors. They literally have their own fund that they contribute to these sort of things. There has not been a new NFL stadium that has failed. So they, I'm not saying that it will be easy to do in Cook County, that there won't be setbacks, that there won't be all sorts of logistical hurdles and public funding and all of that. Right. But it, it will get done, and it will get done well, is, is my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, and I would just say to that that um, you know, you're trying to save time. And you're trying to save money and, you know, having someone with experience, adult, you know, this could be invaluable from from that standpoint. And so it, it does help, I think. LeBron James actually just tweeted a uh, major shout out to my brother, Kevin Warren, on being named the president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. Amazing, my guy. Best of luck. That's an interesting endorsement I didn't really see coming. So LeBron James in favor of Kevin Warren as the new president of the Chicago Bears. What do you think? is going to happen in terms of all of the conversation around the number one pick trading it, keeping it trading or keeping Justin Fields. Cause it's going to be intense for the next four months. It's going to be so intense. And you know, I'm, I'm going to, I just want to say this. Okay. And I know I'm on the record of saying that Justin is the quarterback 
of the Bears for the future. Uh, I do believe that. When, when you, when, the first thing you have to do when you're going to replace a starter at any position is you, is you got to say, who is going to take his place, right? So is it Bryce Young? Everybody's saying he's the guy. Is he a, a more accurate passer? I guess he is. I haven't studied him. I have not studied him. Is he a more accurate passer? They say he is. Uh, does he make quicker decisions with the ball? They say he does. Okay, give him that. I've seen Justin Fields move in the pocket, make throws, make deep throws, make short throws. Uh, you know, obviously on the move, the guy is a big threat for defenses. If you're defending the Chicago Bears, you're scared to death that he's going to run it, throw it, hand it off. What are we going to do to defend this guy? A lot like the Philadelphia Eagles, a lot like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody wants to admit that they're that type of team. At one point, three quarters of the way through the season, Josh Allen was their leading leading rusher. Nobody wants to talk about that. But uh, And then, you know, if, if this kid's that much, and, and then it comes, and, and then the intangible things. And this is what everybody puts a different value on this. You know, and, and, and I personally think that having a quarterback who's the face of your franchise in one of the toughest cities, if not, you know, I'm going to say one of the toughest cities uh, in, in our country, Chicago, to play football in, uh, the guy handled his press conferences extremely well. He stood in the camera. He was under pressure when he didn't play good. He was accountable for it. He plays hurt. He plays when it's 10 degrees out, shows up, hurt, plays with a separated shoulder. He's a competitor. He's a leader. You know, and I and let's say, okay, so all these other – C.J. Stroud and them are all leaders, and everybody's saying they're the same type of guys. That's great. Well, you know, we're going to have to hope. If we take one of those guys, we're going to have to hope that they are. We know that Justin is. At least I do. You know, yes, the drop back – and getting rid of the ball quick is a little is a concern for me. It is. I'm gonna be honest with you, you know. But I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that with another year in the system, that that he can improve that, and and the coaches will get him getting the ball out quicker, and and his arm strength and all that doesn't bother me one bit. So, uh, I guess wrapping this, my thought up is, he's our guy. And then the other thing too is trade value. Let me let me ask you guys this. This will be another whole topic for the next six months for our listeners yeah okay you know there's going to be a demand for that first pick so so someone's going to swap ones with you that's a given and then they're going to throw in maybe a one next year and a two and a three or something let's just say that a one next year a two next year and a three okay but now you say you're going to trade justin fields and you're going to you're going to draft the kid from alabama bryce bryce young okay what are they going to give you for Justin Fields? So you're going to trade Justin and 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 not get that? Are you going to take less because you think this kid is that much better? I don't know. That's why you guys sit in the big chairs and make those decisions and make the big bucks. I mean, that's what you got to decide. Is, is a two and a three and getting rid of Justin Fields for Bryce Young, does that make you a Super Bowl contender quicker? I don't know. But that's that's... That's the decisions that these guys are going to have to, 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 you know, cross that bridge. Yeah, I, I want him to build around Justin. Bryce Young looks very impressive as a passer. 
but his size would scare me, and you would be starting over. And, and Dave, I mean, Justin Fields is the most exciting offensive player the Bears have had in my lifetime. So I I want to I want to see him with some help with some with some blocking and with some pass catchers. So I I want to see it that way. I do think you would get more trading the number one pick than you would trading Justin Fields though because that's what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, and so you know, but but like you know Lawrence is an Alabama fan. He said that he thinks that, and he would keep uh, Justin Fields too. But he said he thinks that Bryce Young could be Drew Brees with mobility, like. If you think that Bryce Young is a generational player who has no questions as a passer, I do think that Ryan Poles needs to go to Alabama's Pro Day and bring him in for an interview and scout him and do his due diligence on the top quarterbacks. Like I, I don't think that Justin has earned and is so proven, even though I believe in him like you do, I still think Ryan Poles needs to spend the time evaluating these top quarterbacks just in case he thinks that one of them is generational. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that 100 percent, you know, and uh, but I can only answer for for what I've seen and and, and what I know right now. And, um, you know, it, the, the grass is always greener. You know, it's like free agencies in, in my 10 year, 17. You know, you get rid of players because you say, oh, he's he's better. He's better. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, you, and let's say you're going to try to trade Justin Fields. We know what type of player is. I think he's a great player, but all of a sudden, if the Bears got him on the market, and 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 if I'm let's reverse everything now, and if I'm in another club, I'm saying, wait a minute, these guys know a heck of a lot. What am I missing here? There's something that I'm missing, and maybe there is, maybe there is behind closed doors. But if if he's on the market, I don't see the market being that strong because people are gonna, hey, why are you trying to trade him? You know why you need offensive linemen and you need pass rushers and you need linebackers and you need receivers. Why are you getting rid of uh, your star quarterback? Uh, there's got to be something wrong. So, I mean, you know, if, if you want to put them on the market, that you're going to have to deal with that too. I don't think you're going to get nearly as much as if you sit there and just take uh, what somebody offers you. Dave, uh, Ryan Poles was asked what other foundational players he had. He named one person, Cole Komet. What do you think of the Bears tight end? Oh, I think he's a – I definitely think he's a keeper. I mean, and a heck of a player. I mean, you know, they're going to run the football, and Cole will block. You know, half these tight ends don't want to block. He And, and he's proven that he will make the catch. He, he's not going to run away from him. He, he can run with the Gronks of the world and guys like that. You know, I mean, he's not – don't get me wrong, he's not Gronk. But, you know, Gronk was a 4'7", 4'8 guy, and, and, and Cole can run like that. And we saw him go up and catch the ball. Uh, so I, I think he's, you know, I, I, I really like Cole Komet. I mean, I, I would agree with Ryan Poles. All right. I want to talk some NFL playoffs with you and coach of the year. It, it's not a sexy award. I know you probably love it, but it, to me, this is one of the toughest coach of the year, uh, decisions I would ever have if I actually had a vote, which I should, I should have a vote for everything, but I don't have a vote for, for anything, but I want to know who you would give it to. Dave wants that for another segment with some icy light mango and some uh, Bradshaw bourbon coming up. Parkinson speak on the score. Dave Wanstead. And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh... With Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Another segment with Dave Wants. Then we'll talk to Dan Wiederer at 5 o'clock. He has a long story on the Bears hiring of Kevin Warren. And uh, 
I know that Dan Wiederer is very pumped about the hire of Kevin Warren. Looking forward to talking to him about that, the new president of the Bears. Dave, who do you think should win Coach of the Year this year in the NFL? Wow. Um, I would I would probably give it to Doug Peterson at Jacksonville. Okay, Doug Peterson. Uh, yeah. Doug Peterson is uh, third in the uh, the gambling odds right right yeah, now. I, I, my only thinking there is that he went into a situation that, uh, you know, and obviously all those jobs. I mean, he was last place. He ended up, you know, winning the division. Uh, he he turned the team around a lot like the Giants did and everything. But 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 you know everything that went on with Urban Meyer there. I, I mean, I think he had some some real internal issues to do with. They went out and signed some free agents. I think, for the most part, the communication between him and the GM, they got some good free agents, and they're getting the most out of their talent. So, I don't know. I, I would give it to him. I know it's it's close. I mean, Brian Dayball has done a great job at the Giants. I get that. Um, who Who's favorite? Tell me that. Nick Sirianni's the favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. See, and my, my thing with that is they were – expected to be really good they were really good and when Jalen Hurts was hurt at the end of the year they lost a couple of games like Kyle Shanahan's done an amazing job right when it with with that winning streak with uh with Brock Purdy I feel like Andy Reid is not getting any recognition winning 14 games and having the number one offense after losing Tyreek Hill but I I'd give it to Brian Dable like they were supposed to be getting rid of the quarterback it was supposed to be a bottom you know, they're supposed to be a bottom 10 team. And I know they don't have too many impressive wins, but they are in the postseason. I, I, I think it's a wide open race, but I, I don't really get why Sirianni's the odds on favorite. No, I, I would agree with you on that. And you know what? It wouldn't take, I, I could go with Dayball. I mean, when you think about it, you know, Trevor Lawrence is arguably a lot more talented than, than Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the, of the uh, Giants. But yet, Dayball got a lot out of that kid, and Saquon Barkley was coming back, and they didn't have any receivers. All the receivers were hurt. So, I mean, I you you can make a legitimate argument uh, for maybe uh, definitely for Dayball. I mean, between those two guys, I would say for sure. You know, how, how much do, do do coaches care like about the award? How big of a deal is it? Yeah, they do. I mean, I I remember I. I won some of the awards at Miami. I won it at the Bears. My, 94, I won Coach of the Year. They, they, they had a couple of things. I remember going to a banquet in Kansas City. I think it was a 101. And Cower got the uh, AFC, and I got the NFC Coach of the Year. So, yeah, it's it's important. You know, you, you're not really thinking about it at the time, but, but when the award comes out after the season and everything calms down, it's, it's nice recognition. I mean, I – I was John Madden's. I got my sweatshirt at home. I don't think that went under with the flood. You know, the, uh, the, the, I was all Madden team. You know, I mean, little things like that. Uh, when, he, when he picked a team and a coach, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to look back on. It's a, it's a nice, nice form of a little bit of recognition. Yeah, I just think that this year there are so many guys that you could make the argument for. Like, yeah, there's pro- it's probably that way every year if we really look close at it, you know. I mean, every year there's, what, two, three teams, four teams that go from last place to first place. That's always interesting to talk about, you know, in the preseason, who's going to be that team. 
Uh, they're already talking about it now. Who's last place in the division that's going to be first? Is it the Bears next year? Is it Atlanta next year? Who who is it? You know. Uh, so uh, that that's it's always a, a fun conversation, I think, and and interesting to see how it all how it all plays out. What do you make of like Dan Campbell and the Lions and where they've gotten to this wow. year? I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to play them right now. I don't know about anybody else. I mean, I think schematically, you know, they have improved light years on defense. Aaron Glenn, their defense coordinator, has done a heck of a job. Those guys play hard. Uh, And, you know, and everyone talks about their lack of sacks and defense. You know, the last two weeks of the season, I think they were second – in the last – from the last six weeks, they were second in the NFL in quarterback pressures. Their defense is playing a lot better, and offensively, you know, they they come up with some ways to move the ball, running it, play passes, or get, you know, I mean, Jared Goff, he's probably the least talked about quarterback that, in my opinion, if you put him in the Pro Bowl this year, I would not have a problem with it. He has Pro Bowl numbers. So I I think that, and you look at their draft picks now, I'm telling you, the Lions are going to be the team I think the Bears are going to have to deal with the next five years. I'm going to say it right now. You better keep your, you know, if, if they sign Jared Goff back and, and everything stays the same up there, we're, the Lions are not going to be the Lions of old. Yeah, I mean, they finished the season strong. They scored a ton of points. They've got talent. They've got two first-round picks. Jared Goff's only 28 years old. Their offense was really, really good, especially at home. I think – I think they're in a pretty good spot. The division's weird, though, because the, the Lions are 9-8. and eight, The Bears have all the cap space. Justin Fields in the number one pick. The Vikings won 13 games, but nobody thinks they're any good. And the Packers uh, had a losing record, but maybe and probably will have Aaron Rodgers back next year with all those young receivers who should get better. It's, it, all of a sudden, it's a pretty competitive division. Yeah, and, and exactly. Green Bay, they had a couple receivers and get that offensive line healthy. I mean, they're going to be back knocking on the door. It's going to be real competitive. I, I, I really think the Bears, like you, you just said it, Bears better. Uh, you know, Minnesota comes back to reality, puts them back in the pack, and, and Detroit gets a little better. Very competitive, very physical. That's the way I look. You know, I mean, Detroit, their physicality is is something that I, I you know, and I know that that's the Dan Campbell trademark, but uh, it shows up, and it shows up every week. No question about it. All right, so we got six games this weekend, right? Two two Saturday, three Sunday, and then the the Monday night game, Cowboys and Bucks. But it's kind of a weird slate. Like Niners, Seahawks expected to be a blowout. Dolphins, Bills expected to be a blowout. Yep. Bengals, Ravens expected to be a blowout. Like three games expected to be very lopsided uh, in the opening weekend of the NFL playoffs. You don't see it very often quarterbacks 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 right yeah and, and you know speaking of that and i, and I gotta say this because I, I wrote this down earlier and i forgot to mention it look at for everybody that says that justin fields will get hurt running it that's why they don't like him that he can't sustain this for three or four years the window for the bears to win the big one in my opinion has got to be three four years at the longest okay that's that's what we got to get the most out of everybody that's that we draft and sign and on and on okay but look at the quarterbacks that have gotten hurt this year. I mean, Tua got hurt. He wasn't scrambling. Uh, Garoppolo got hurt. He wasn't right. He's not a runner. 
you know, I mean, yes, Lamar Jackson, absolutely. But I don't, I can't remember the play he got hurt at. Was he running or did he just get sacked? I don't know. You know, so I would just say slow down and, and just take a look around the NFL. There's a lot of quarterbacks that got hurt. How many of them can you really say he got hurt because they're running the quarterback read and that's why he got hurt or he scrambles too much? Right. I agree. You, you know, I mean, I, I think we need to really look at that rather than just throw it out. He's a runner. So my point is, back to your 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 point about the, the lopsided games this weekend, I think it's all because of backup quarterbacks and the, the starters are hurt. Yeah, and and what? But one of the teams that's favored big is uh, is the team with the backup quarterback, San Francisco, and Brock Purdy. They've won yeah. what 10, 10 straight games, and they they're favored by a bunch over over Seattle and Geno Smith. Also, three divisional games, right? You got you got a uh, Ravens Bengals a divisional game, Dolphins Bills divisional, and then Seahawks and, and Niners uh, three yep. divisional yeah. games. Uh, yeah, it, it is, and uh, yeah, the Niners are an interesting team, and I have nothing to say that Brock Purdy, the wheels are going to come off this week. I, I mean, the guy was a really good player in college, but I want to see it. Okay, everything, you know, when you're coaching in the, or playing in the playoffs, you know, they talk how the intensity goes up from preseason to regular season. And then when you get in the playoffs, and now these guys are playing not just – and it's not the money. They're playing for the ring. All of a sudden, they're watching more tape, and they're, they're more intense at practice. And, and the intensity goes up, and the focus goes up. So now everybody's going to be at a little different level, and and let's let's see how we're going to find out if Brock Purdy's for real or not. Yeah, do you have any picks? Do you have any? Uh, yeah, what I like, I, I'm going. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady. I, I'm betting. I, I like uh, Tampa Bay to beat the Cowboys at home. I, I think the Tampa Bay. If Akeem Hicks apparently is back playing. We all know Akeem Hicks, dominant player. He's been hurt off and on, but when he's played for the Bucks, he's played big. I think Vita Vea, he's supposed to be back. Uh, you know, they've got enough talent on defense to cause the problem. You know, the Cowboys a lot of problems, and I don't know if you can turn the switch. Like, you know, from what the Cowboys did last week against Washington, I don't see how that, you know, I, I just think Tampa's in a better state of mind. And when you have Tom Brady at quarterback, I'm taking the Bucs. Yeah, Dak quietly led the league in interceptions this year. Yeah. And, and, and that game, you know, you're talking about blowouts, Danny. I mean, that game could be a blowout with Dallas winning. You know what I mean? At the end of the game, they could. I don't see it, but, you know, crazy things happen with that defense. But now Evans is playing better. Receiver for the doll, uh, for the Bucs. Godwin's starting to come on, play better. Uh, you know, so the receivers and Tom are getting back in sync. I think Brady said this week that the Bucs are the healthiest that they have been since week one. Well, I mean, good because they're an under 500 team that gets to host a postseason game. So hopefully they actually give us a good show uh, on Monday night. All right, well, Dave, think about it. I, if, you, if you don't get one of those high-paying corporate gigs for the Super Bowl, we'll come over to your condo. Shane will make us some steaks. It'll be good. I, I got to see the menu before I see anything else, Shane. Okay. Well, what do you want? All I've ever tasted is your smash burgers one time. Okay, so when you come in for your next in-studio hit, what do you want to eat? 
I, yeah, I need time to think about that. No, you okay, don't. I'm sitting here sipping a bourbon. This is not the time to think about what I want to eat at the Super Bowl. Okay, let's no, worry not, about not at the Super Bowl, let's... Dave. For the next time you do an in-studio hit with us, what oh, do you want? Oh, there you go. Okay, well, let me. I will. I will. We'll talk about that next week on the show. No, no, Dave. <laughs> for the next time that you're in studio, which would be next week, I'll make you some food. I'm not going to be there next week. I don't get in until the 26th. I'll be there the 26th. Okay. All right. We'll talk about it next week. All, All right. right. Say you guys. Just All like right, Dave. Enjoy the games. You guys like that move, by the way? Trying to get us an invite? A little, little Super Bowl party at Dave's? You don't think so? You probably have more space, to be honest. Yeah, I don't want to be crammed in Dave's condo. I'm sure it's very nice, very spacious, but you got the pool and everything. It might be warm enough to be in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, thanks a lot, Joe Biden. We, we can we can do the Super Bowl party. I I, just, I like the idea of a little show. Dave wants day. It'd be fun to watch the watch the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Dave. Yeah, and and you said you wanted to invite a bunch of listeners to your house. Remember, you're always saying that. I don't remember saying that. Yeah, I think it was a rambling grimace you wanted there. I don't think I said anything you like that. Pray on your friends. I don't think that's what I wanted anybody to think. I thought maybe just the five of us at Dave's condo with you cooking and my contribution being a bottle of wine. So, Dave said he didn't care about the alcohol. He just wants my food. Well, so then I'll just have to bring my my takes. Ooh, that might be worse than the alcohol. We're going to need the alcohol. Dan Wiederer is over the moon on the Kevin Warren hire. He gets us all excited about it coming up at 5 o'clock. Uh, there was a big take on Justin Fields and the Bears. Now there's response to those opinions. It's the, the sports take industrial complex. It's circling around your Bears. It's next on The Score. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. Let's talk about the draft. Dan Weeder at 5 o'clock. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. So Mike Tannenbaum came on our show because he had tweeted, the Bears are going to have to have long conversations about whether to keep Justin Fields or draft Bryce Young and trade Justin Fields. And we were like, oh, that's interesting. Let's bring on a general manager who would talk to us about the process at which those decisions would be had. But he said, you know, you got to evaluate it. You got four months to make that decision, blah, blah, blah. And then 14 hours later, he had made his decision, and he said, I would trade Justin Fields, and I would draft Bryce Young. I was like, well, damn. If you were going to give us this hot take, could you not have done it on our show? But regardless. And so that's the sports take industrial complex at work. On our show, he's like, you got to take – it's going to take you months to make the decision. By the next morning, he's gone viral because he's made the decision. Okay, fine. Pat McAfee reacting to Mike Tannenbaum and discussing the size of Bryce Young and the situation the Bears are in. I don't know if you heard this. Tannenbaum, Hmm. he's like, if you're the Bears, trade Justin Fields. Are you just going to move on from that? If you're the Chicago Bears and Darius Butler is putting it on the ticker on this show, he goes, Justin Fields is going to be the greatest quarterback in Chicago Bear history. You're going to be taking big shots in the NFL at quarterback. That's why from the younger age to the older age, they have flap jackets on as they get older. You just have this full body suit on of metal and plastic because there's a chance you're going to be standing just like this and you're going to feel good. You know, you're going to be nice and loose. But bang, there is going to be a 15 mile an hour car crash that is going to take place right on your spine. And then your face is going to bounce off the ground. Don't drop the ball, you 
piece of uh. Don't even think about it. So you cuff that ball, and when you do that, probably gonna lose all the air in your body. Right, right, couple ribs. You're gonna land on top mm -hmm. of it. And then, what you need to do, you give that ball back to the ref, you stand the fuck up, you get right back in that huddle, and you act like nothing happened. That is a trait that NFL quarterbacks have. It is absurd. They obviously get treated very special all the time. But there are moments in a game where they're going to get hit and take shots that nobody else is going to have to take, and it's going to be heavy, and they're going to have to get right back up. And if they show any sign of weakness at all, <laughs> made cat, get, get this guy <laughs> yeah. the out of here. Yeah. Like, that is something that – so whenever somebody's 5'11", they're saying, 5'11", two inches shorter than me, and then they're saying he's not going to run – like an incredibly fast 40, so he's not going to run at all, probably. Smart. Let's hope he's quick like Purdy is, but there's a chance that he gets some heavy, heavy shots. Yeah. And you think about what Jalen Hurts was able to do from last year to this year. And I don't want to just say, you know what, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, same people. But if you look at the ass, you look at the legs, yeah. you look at how they operate, you look at the game plans that are probably going to be very similar going forward on how they play. He got – Jalen Hurts became an MVP candidate this year. People were talking about him maybe not being in the NFL anymore. What will Justin Fields do with another year in the NFL and another offseason? It's like just to give up on that because maybe this guy who is an anomaly, I get it, and he might be, but Justin Fields might be as well, and you're just yeah. going to give up on that because I, that doesn't make any sense to me. So whenever it was said by a guy who's a former GM, I'm like – is this how they have to think in this part? Or why are we even thinking like that? I don't, I don't even know why that would even. But Justin Fields might become a bust, I guess. And Bryce Young would be great. And this is draft season. So you got to do the whole song and dance. Yeah, I think that that is pretty much spot on. It's weird, though. Like, I am not as opposed to the idea of it conversationally because I think you've got to scout it. My thing with Pace was that he didn't scout Watson, Mahomes, and Mitch equally. So I want Poles to scout Stroud, Richardson, Levis, and Bryce Young. He owes it to the Bears to do that. But I'll be floored if any of them grade out appreciably higher than Fields with what Fields has already shown. Because the thing is, man, like, and I know this is kind grading according to some, but if you remove the first four games of the season, it's not that he, he wasn't great, but he was in line with what Jalen Hurts was in year two, with what Josh Allen was in year two, a little ahead in some stats, a little behind in some other stats, with nothing around him. Like This idea that Justin Fields can't pass is just not supported by evidence. He needs to get better as a passer, but he had high flashes as a passer. It was not consistent enough. There were bad moments. He missed too many easy throws. He took too many sacks. He was too slow to go through his progressions. There were there were bad, bad, bad moments from Justin Fields, but there were also great moments from Justin Fields. And that would likely be the same with any rookie quarterback. And then when you factor in that there isn't like a can't-miss guy, that's why I think this is going to end up being Justin Fields' team. It is Justin Fields' team, but why – He's not going to be, quote, absolutely blown away by anybody else. Tough to imagine being absolutely blown away by someone who's 5'11". It's just hard. It's hard to imagine it. You, you overlook things like that if you don't have a quarterback. You overlook uh, not having tremendous production in college if you don't have a quarterback, like in Will Levis's case. But if you have someone who's been productive in the NFL, 
it's going to be you'd have to basically look at the quarterback and say they have no flaws. And I don't think that you can look at any of these guys and do it. But again, I haven't watched 100 hours of tape on each guy, done 50 interviews with the closest people in their lives, brought them in for a five-hour individual workout, seen them at their pro day, seen them at the combine. Like It would be negligent for polls to have ruled that out yet, which is why I thought it was insane that Tannenbaum went so hard the next day as soon as he did. Like We'll get there over the course of the coming months, but as of now, like I said the other day, I'm 95-plus percent that it'll be Fields. I don't think it's a disrespectful conversation because Poles has to do his job. The number one pick is just a unique opportunity. It's the number one asset that any team in the NFL has heading into an offseason. One team gets it. It happens to be your team. So you have to scout the most important position in the sport if you have that asset. It'd be different if they had the fifth pick. It'd be different if they had the ninth pick. But if you got the first pick, you have to scout the quarterbacks. You just, it just it would be insane not to. And then you come to the conclusion that I assume that they'll come to. But that still is uh, months away. But it's interesting to hear a guy like McAfee, who played the game, talk about how much the size would matter. Because the game is transitioning towards smaller players. But call me old-fashioned in that way. I want my guy to run, but I want him to be big and strong. Not Kyler Murray, not Tua. I want him to be. I want him to be big and strong. And the toughness bucket with Justin Fields. A lot of it early was his own fault. Not yeah, running out of bounds as soon as he oh, could. Oh, he's tough as hell. But he is yet yeah, one of the toughest dudes that you could. You know, that's the one thing we know for sure. Other than he's a freak athlete, but he's also tough as nails, dude. Yeah, t- tough as nails, and, and can evade. Like when the line is in disarray, he can he can help with that a lot. You know, obviously they got to shore up that line, but when you have a quarterback that's not mobile, as uh, McAfee was talking about, the punter in a tank top. You know that that could be a problem. Yes, and the the elusiveness helps for like the off scheduled plays. The line needs to get better for the on-scheduled plays. For the, I'm taking a three-step drop, I'm in the pocket, i got to get it out, no one's supposed to be in my face, but I've got to turn style at right tackle so someone is in my face, and that disrupts the timing. Dan Weeder has a long-sourced piece on Kevin Warren, the new Bears president. He will sell us on his excitement for the new Bears president. Seems to be a universally praised hire. Wanted to discuss how big of a deal it actually is for fans or for the McCaskey bottom line, where this comes in to actually impacting the the uh, football side. And uh, a, a Tanny Ted Phillips Goodfellas. Oh, my God. I, I should have been promoting this. Hand up. My bad. Right. You're right. Pointing the double thumb. You all owe it to Tanny, if not to me, but to Tanny, to stick through this break. For the Ted Phillips Goodfellas treatment. Next. There's a really good commercial in this break, too. Listen for it. You're going to hear it. Next on The Score.